Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. that of the way, uh, let me preach my final Sunday message for 2020. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, City Praise. Appreciate it. My final Sunday message for 2020. It's been a, it's been a great year. It's been a wonderful year. You know, we preached, we started live, and then we went, you know, recorded, and then we came back live, and, but you know, through every season, we just keep on moving on, um, just keep on flowing, and nothing can stop us. So, um, I just want to um, just conclude today on the thoughts uh, on, you know, bringing heaven to earth, open heavens, which, you know, I started talking about in the month of November, and uh, we got to a point where we began to talk about uh, generosity as one of the ways that heaven opens, you know, like, you know, open, heaven pours, you know, its uh, blessings into your life that, you know, is a way to experience open heaven. I want to finish up with that thought and we're going to pick up in the new year. Uh, so, I want to talk to you today, just, this is like, uh, I just want to give you some simple principles of uh, generosity from practice, experience, and from scripture. I'm calling it some thoughts about generosity. I sent it to City Tech. So, and some thoughts about generosity, just some thoughts, you know, that I want you to just keep in mind as we round up this year, some thoughts about generosity. Um, we're going to have many opportunities for that in 2021. So, let's get into it. Remember, our key scripture for this part of Open Heaven is Galatians 3 verse 10. Right? Bring, sorry, Malachi 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there can be room in my house or can be meat, sorry, meat in my house. Then he said, prove me now if I will not open the windows of heaven and I will pour you out such a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Put me to the test. I will pour out such a blessing that you won't have enough room to take it in. So, no room for it. It just keeps coming. It just keeps flowing. Next verse, verse 11. Verse 11, there says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Verse 12, armies. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, then, I love this, all nations, everybody say all nations, say all nations will call you blessed, will call you blessed for your land, your life, your family, your work, you know, all around you 
will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. What I just read to you is true. How do I know it's true? Because I have proved it. And I know many people who have proved it and will prove it, will prove it. And it's working in their lives. So nobody can tell me, nobody should tell you that this is over. Now, the practice of the tithe, like I said, was an Old Testament practice. But the principle behind the practice of the tithe predated the law and postdated the law. The principle of the tithe continues. It is simply a, a principle summarized by whenever you receive from God or whenever you receive stuff, a portion of it must go out of your life that you don't have control over. And then it will go, it will go and circulate to cause more to come. That's just the principle. So whether it is 10%, 5%, 20 30 50 40 people choose all kinds of things. But the fact is that you must get involved. What? In the principle. And those who have gotten involved in it, and they know what they are doing. They're not just giving money away, which is why I'm teaching this thing. They know what they are doing, that the real gift is not the money. The real gift is what is proceeding from their heart. They, they enjoy this that we're talking about. So, let me share some things with you about generosity. Again, just some simple principle. Okay, number one. I'm going to rep you know, repeat some things I have said. I want you to listen and get it. Your gift is what you are feeling. Your gift, your true gift. Like when you are giving out, your true gift is what you are feeling. When you are giving, not the physical thing that you are giving. Your true gift is what you are feeling when you are giving, not the physical thing that you are giving. So, now when you give something to somebody, they, the person gets benefited by the physical thing. The other person, do you get it? Gets benefited by that thing that you are giving. But you... The benefit is in how you are feeling. Like what you have inside you is the true thing that you are really letting out. So that's why it is possible for you to give something physical to somebody or give something to somebody outside. But if you are feeling otherwise, you are doing all that, that's the true thing that you are really giving. And that's what circulates back to you based on this principle. So, you see the reason why a, the widow, when Jesus Christ met that widow, guys, remember that story? He said a lot of rich people were casting money into the treasury, right? He was watching them. They were casting money into the treasury. But they said there was a widow that came, and she gave the only thing that she had, right? Which we call the widow's might. And Jesus said, that woman has given more than all of them. So you ask that question. How can a might be more than all the monies that the rich people were giving? So you discover that Jesus wasn't talking about the physical gifts, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus was talking about something that was going on inside. Because he said, she gave all that. See, all of the, they gave out of their abundance. 
He said, but she gave out of what? The little she has. So basically, it's not a matter, it's not, it's not really, to understand, it's not really that when rich people give, right, that, you know, their gift is not valuable. No. Jesus was going deeper. How would, how would that woman feel in? She felt there was a value. There was something. There was a, there, I mean, for a woman to come and give all the money that she had, there was something that moved her. There was something there. But sometimes, you know, you get, we get to a point where we just give with no emotion. Let me, let me, let me say this. I'm, I'm going to be very practical with you guys. For those who give in an automated way, you can also move into that realm. Now, it's okay. You know, we give automated and, and all that. You must make sure that even though you give automated, do you get what I'm saying? That this spiritual principle of releasing something from within you becomes part of it. Or that gift gets into neutral territory. It just gets into neutral territory when it comes to whatever. So when it's in neutral territory, it's not as powerful when it's in what? When it is charged with something. So when you give automated, make sure you take some time to look at it and, you know, add that to it. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you guys get what I'm saying? So it's not just uh, the physical thing. Now, the physical thing is the vehicle that carries what you feel. It's the vehicle that carries what you feel. <laughs> so, can I give you one secret that will change your life again? Seriously, it will change your finances. Now, what you give, what you give does not necessarily have to be just what you give in church, right? Or what you give as charity. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? What you give can also be what you are paying for your own needs. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying that turn every transaction that you have into a gift. So, for example, you're about to pay your light bill. You could pay your light bill feeling very heavy and cursing comet or whoever is supplying it. Say, these people again. They always collect my money every month. Bad people. Ah. Cable company. IRS. Chicago police or Chicago, city of Chicago. And all... But you could turn it, you could turn it into a gift. Do you get what I'm saying? It just one turns into a gift is the emotions you add to it. So right now, you know, I want to encourage every one of you. Anytime you want to make any payment at the store, anywhere you want to buy something and all that, if you are not able to put good feelings to it, please don't do it. Don't go and buy that cloth that you are sad about. Don't go and buy. It. You get there and then you know your whole heart is knotted, and then you are swiping the credit card and then ah, no, you just moved yourself into the scarcity zone. You must be in the abundance zone. So for everything, see everything right now that it, it, took, it took training. It took training for me. Everything right now that I give, whether it is money, whether it is, uh, what do you call it, um, a pay to somebody or something to do and all that, I see it as a gift of appreciation. Everybody says it's an appreciation. So I'm appreciating T-Mobile for allowing me to be able to call and do all, all sorts of things on my, on my mobile phone to bless people everywhere I am and do all that. I'm appreciating the cable company for bringing internet into my house in such a way that I can, you know, I can watch all these things, minister to people. I'm appreciating the, the guy that comes to fix 
my, you know, fix my car or my door or something. Wow. I'm appreciating what that thing is going to do. I'm thanking God because that guy is going to take that money and his family is going to be blessed. Let me tell you another place, another way you can get it into. Even when you are cheated out of money or somebody stole your money, you can turn it into a gift by what you put into it. You could look at it and say, oh, wow, you know, this person took my money. I remember when my, um, what do you call it, my, um, when we went to South Africa last year, and South African Airlines lost my luggage with different things, shoes, blah, and all that in there. I mean, Pastor Lou, we're on the trip. You know, we did what we could do and all that, but I was never sad about it. After a while, I just released it. You know, I released it to them. I released it into the system that wherever I blessed them, oh, thank you, know, I found a way to just bless them. But you know, all those things came back to me, apart from the fact that, you know, someone bought, say, Pastor, you lost all that, bought all that for me. Then I also got money from South African Airlines later. After they held it, you know, they, they sent me a check. Do you get what I'm saying? But, you know, you release it. You just release it. So, you lost something. Maybe you've lost something in the past. Release it and say, I bless, I send this thing forward as a seed. Put some emotion of joy into it. And that thing can never be lost. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. It's not possible. You cannot experience a loss. Do you get what I'm saying? You cannot experience a loss, a total loss. Now, it might look like a loss, but if you turn it around into praise, into joy, into appreciation, it comes back to you. Can I get an amen in the house? Those who are watching online, are you getting it? Hey, everybody, say it. Say after me, say, I will put emotions of joy, of appreciation into everything that I do. Stop this thing of screaming when you get a bit, yay! <laughs> Stop it. Instead, say, hallelujah! <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm not joking. Hallelujah! If you don't feel it, think of what that thing would do when you pay it. You know? Oh my God. You see, there's a whole lot of evil high that goes on in the society that is masqueraded as, uh, what do you call it? Justice and all this kind of stuff. Now, there's true justice. But this thing of always envying the rich. And then always, anytime you see a rich person or rich company, you are always against them. You know, it's evil eye. That, that company that you are abusing, it was one individual who had a dream one time to build it. Right? Became a huge company and many people are employed. Now, they are big business and all that. If you also want to build something, right, that can do that, shut your mouth and look for something to appreciate in it. Now, I'm not talking about if they are acting unjustly, you come against that. But this general envy, this class warfare, this general envy that masquerades as, you know, it's a, it's some kind, sometimes it comes as a political ideology. It is not a kingdom ideology. The kingdom doesn't tell you to envy anybody's stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? Envy is a, is, is a terrible thing. It's an evil eye. And it, it brings darkness into your life. One of the things that I pray that God will allow us to do in the black community, and I know it's going to happen, there are true also some of the people that you know, we're raising, is we're going to change the vibe. You understand? 
we're going to change the vibe from demanding things that we're entitled to to understanding what already belongs to us, what we already have and producing. We're going to change that thing. That's the true way the black community can change. You see, the way you guys have been taught, the way we have been taught by Republican, by Democrat and all that is not the way. Look, look at it. You know, I was discussing it with Samara some, you know, some, uh, I think about some months ago. And I was telling her something and we're, we're having a discussion about the abundance, the abundance mentality and the scarcity mentality. How many of you know that the war of poverty, the war on poverty started under Lyndon Johnson? Do you guys remember? War on poverty. They started the war on poverty. Do you know that after 30 something years or so afterward, there's more poverty than when they started the war? Because you don't win the war of poverty by warring on poverty. You start a movement of prosperity. Whatever you focus on increases. If you are fighting a war against anything, that thing is going to continue to increase. Turn away from fighting the war and begin to focus on what? Prosperity. What you focus on is what is going to increase. Anytime you hear this thing, the war on violence, the violence is going to increase. Because the violence becomes the center focus. And that's what we're giving out. And that's what we're going to keep multiplying. No, let's begin to talk about peace and wellness. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? The war on obesity. Obesity will continue to increase. Sh thank you. Shift it. Shift it. I, some of you think that these people that are doing all these policies in government and all that, some of you don't know, there are people like you with heads like you. And a lot of times they miss it. They miss it big time. Some of them don't understand what is called systems thinking. You know, systems thinking is that when you, know, when you understand systems thinking, you know that when you solve one problem, if you don't think holistically, when you solve one problem, you're going to create another problem. They were trying to solve problem of poverty, and they thought that, okay, you know what, one of the ways we can stop it is that we help all the women, so no man must be in the house for us to be able to do welfare for them. And then... You know, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Whenever the welfare people or whatever, uh, you know, section eight and all that, they are coming, and there's a man in there, the man, the man will go and hide and all that because they must not see him. Now, they were trying to do that from the, you know, for, you know good intention, but, but what did they do? They created a whole lot of household generation with no men in the house. And a lot of children were born because the more children you have, the more you can have. So a lot of children were born. As a result of that, and now they're the ones shooting all over the place. They were trying to solve poverty. They created violence. The kingdom of God is holistic. So you, you, see, you need to watch the ideologies that you allow to percolate into yourself, especially if you are taught in the world system. That's why I don't, buy, I don't buy into all this, a lot of all this movement and people shout all over the place. No, I participate in certain things, but I don't participate in all of them because a lot of them are just humanistic thinking. They're not kingdom thinking. And they've never produced a solution for us. The only solution that is going to come is when the mentality of our people changes. When we begin to see ourselves the way we're supposed to be seen. And when we begin to, you know, to, when we begin to treat ourselves and one another the way we're supposed to be treated. When we begin to have the abundant mentality. That is the only solution that is going to come. Oh my God. Hallelujah. So, Luke 7, 37, 38, look at it. Luke 7, 37, 38 says, I, mean, I just want to give you some verses to support. He said, no, sorry, Luke 6, 37. I'm sorry, Luke 6, 37. Luke, is it Luke, Luke, Luke 6, 37, yeah, 6, 37, 38. 
It says, don't judge others and you will not be judged. These are internal stuff. Do not condemn others. For it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you too, you will be forgiven. I've told you that if you are very merciful, if you are a very merciful person to other people, even when you make a mistake, a mistake that will cause other people to crash, the mercy will come on you. But if you are a very critical person of every other person that makes mistake, you, t- you make one tiny mistake, you are down. Everybody will just come on you. So be merciful in your thinking towards people. Be merciful in your action towards people. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return. What gift is he talking about? Judgment, condemnation, forgiveness, all those things he's talking about. The inner things will come back to you in full. Press down. Shaken together to make room for more. You see what he was talking about in Galatians, right? I'm sorry, in Malachi chapter 3, right? There'll be no room enough. You've seen the connection. You know, to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I'm going to get to that later. I'll get to that later. But understand that what you are giving, what you are giving out is not just the physical thing. That's why you can give out a tiny physical thing and wrap it with a lot of love. And you have given more than the person who gave you a lot of things and wrapped it with a lot of pride. You can give time. You can give time. It's what you are truly giving is what is accompanying that gift. I mean, you know, guys, do you know how long it took me to get this thing? I started learning about this thing at the age of maybe around 19. It took me years for me to truly understand what, what was really behind I thought it was the money, you know. You give the money, money will come back to you, give the money. And then you do it. Like, ah, come. Until I now began to realize that it is what goes inside of it. That thing is what comes back to you. And when it's coming by, it carries every other thing. And, you know, it's an energy that carries every other thing that you need alongside with it. And it comes with money and comes with all kinds of stuff. So I will never envy anybody. Because I'm giving out the wrong thing. I will always celebrate everyone. I will always rejoice at everything that is happening. I will, I will put the positive emotions into my interactions with everybody. It takes some time, but you know, with practice, we get it. Can I, is anybody getting blessed online there? And everybody in the house, can I get an amen and witness? Number two, the quality of this, this, this one is going to help you. This one helped me. You know, I told you I'm sharing with you. Lessons of almost 30 years. This one really, really helped me. The quality of your life is not based on what people do to you, but based on what you do to people. You know, the devil will bring some thoughts. You know, the devil will bring thoughts to my mind. I'm like, what if, you know, what if this person did that? You know, what if that person did that? You know, what if, you know, especially in ministry, in those days, in the, in the ministry, you know, what if you do that? And then somebody just comes and then takes a small group or take the church and do whatever. Or what if people don't even give in the church? Or what if God taught me deeply and he says, listen, son, the quality of your life, what happens in your life is not based on what anybody does. It's based on what you do. I also learned it concerning the ministry that the prosperity or the provision for the ministry is not based on what you give. It's based on what the ministry gives. Do you get what I'm saying? It's based on what the ministry, it's based on what we are doing. It's based on what we are doing. Because when we are doing it, it will find a way. If people inside, you will find people from other places that will do it. But the good thing is that we have generous people. Amen. 
So that's why we never call anybody to tithe. We never, you know, if you do it, it's for you. If you don't do it, you know, the the need will be met. The need has always been met. It will be met. If you do it, you'll be a part of it. you enjoy it. If you don't do it, mm mm-mm. But the law supplies all our need. Based on what we do. Do you get what I'm saying? It's based on what we do as a ministry. Not based on what you do. It's based on what I do as a person. Not based on what anybody does. So I look at everything like ministry, empowering people and all that. I mean, God, you know, you know one thing? God bless that person who is within that empowerment. And the person uses another spirit, in a sense, to take advantage. Man, you know, and we've seen it <laughs> instantly. Either the person gets cut off or the person, or something just happens and pushes away because that's, you know, that, that kind of flow cannot sustain that kind of a spirit. So that's why I don't worry myself about what somebody's doing, you know, whatever, what somebody's saying or whatever. It's based on what I do. It's based on what we do, not based on what you do. What, your own life is based on what you do. So you know you can be secured. Amen. Do you get the secret of that security? Because you know that it's in your own hand. It's what you do. So if I continue to honor, if I continue to bless, that's mine. The rest is left to you. And that tells you, don't blame anybody for your life. Everybody say, don't blame anybody for your life. Don't complain about what somebody did not do for you. Husband and wife, don't complain about what your spouse did not do for you. You focus on what you are doing. Focus on what you are doing. Amen. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? You start doing the right thing, right? And then you are creating a flow that will have to bring the right thing. But when you start focusing on what other people are not doing or what people are doing, then you have not gotten it. You are the, you are the, the, the center. How do I say? You are the, the production center of your world. You are, the, you are the production center of your world. What you are experiencing is you, not any other person. What is happening to you now that you don't like is you. What, you happen, what is happening to you that you like is you. It's how you are processing it. It's how you are doing it. It's based on you. Nobody can do anything to you. Can I get an amen, everybody? Wow, the way you guys are looking is like, ah, what's the land, you know? Oh, what are you saying? <laughs> Ephesians 6, 7 to 8. Ephesians 6, 7 to 8. Let's read it. Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Walk with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord. In other words, you just focus your attention on the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? Rather than for people. Rather, uh, nobody even appreciates me. Uh, I know we feel that too, but you're going to grow. You're going to grow. You're going to get to a point where you learn to appreciate yourself. (laughs) Do you you get what I'm saying? You learn to pat yourself and say, good job, good job. I feel good about that. I feel good. Nobody says anything, but just I feel good. That was awesome. That was great, you know? And you do that. After a while, when you are so full of appetite, you just remember, wow, you remember, you know, and then you see God, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord and whatever. Then before you know it, people will start appreciating you. But when they start appreciating you, it won't get into your head because you are not dependent on it. That's not why you are doing it. You are only doing it because you are doing it. Because you know why you are doing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Remember that the Lord will reward each of us 
for the good we do. Whether we are slaves or free. That one really helped me then. That I don't even have to be, I can be under people and all that. But my harvest is not restricted by the people that are over me. Hallelujah. Can you see how freeing this thing can be? You are no, there's no restriction. There's nothing that can limit you. Not a white man. Not a black man. Not a Chinese man. Not, uh, you know, a general overseer. Not anything. There's nothing that can limit this principle. You put out. I love the way KJV. We learned it in KJV. He said, he said remember, whatever good thing any man doeth, the same. Please give us KJV. KJV, come on. What? <laughs> With good will do is having. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. Whether he be bond or free. Everybody say the same. The same. The same. So you're not doing as, you know, go, go up. He said, not as men please us. Verse 7. Not as men please us. So I don't do something to please you. No. And that's why I can do it for somebody that, you know, based on my flesh, I'm angry with that person. But I do it, you understand, because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. Because I'm not, do, I'm not doing it to please you. I'm doing it because it's right. Amen. Not with eye service, as men please us, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Knowing this, that whatsoever so with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. Verse 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall be received of the Lord. If you honor, you will be honored. If you bless others, you will be blessed. If you appreciate others, you will be appreciated. If you do it, not doing it, like in Muiwa and I demonstrated that day, you're not doing it to, you know, I throw my ball to you, so throw back to me. That's bribery. But you are doing it. You are giving a gift. It will come. You don't reap from where you sow. You reap what you sow. Whatever good thing. Please, guys, the best thing you can do for your life right now, anywhere you are, position, whatever, just be doing good because it's coming back. The same. Everybody said the same. So, so you see what I said at the beginning. So what I just focus on is <laughs> what am I outputting? That's all. That's all you need to bother about in your life. What am I outputting at the moment? Because that is what determines what happens to me, not what anybody does to me. Number three. You reap what you sow. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. You know, I'm just, you know, that's more like a repetition of something. What you make happen for others God will make happen for you. Amen. Galatians 6, 7. Don't be misled. Don't be misled. Or do not be misled. Let's go back to NLT. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. What is saying there? The word here. The word here, you know, I have to study the word in this place, really. You know, it's like, you will always address what you are planting. Do you get what you are planting? Like, what you are continually planting and watering, you will always harvest that. So, the only way you need to stop the harvest is when you stop the planting and the watering. Which is why verse 9 tells us that, verse 9 says, 
don't be weary or don't be. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So the key there is don't give up. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't give up. In a sense, don't give up. If you, if, you want, if you don't want a harvest of bad stuff, give up on that. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> now, give up. But if you want a harvest of good stuff, don't give up on that. You know, don't, don't worry about what happened today. Don't worry about what happened in one year. Don't worry about what happened in two years. Don't worry about what happened in three years. You know, I'll tell you, I'll show you later, there are some seeds that you sow that come back very quickly. This is just normal agriculture. If you've ever practiced agriculture before, we have what is called annual crops, perennial crops. You plant corn. Within that year, you reap the harvest. But you plant an oak tree or an iroko tree and all that. Or you plant cocoa tree. That cocoa tree is going to take a long time before it grows. But you know what? It's going to, after you are dead, you know, the, your children, grandchildren will still be benefiting from it. There are certain things that are like that. That takes a long time. Do you get what I'm saying? They take a longer time like that. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So the key is, don't worry. Don't be looking at the winds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just keep doing what is right. Just keep putting out the thing out there. Amen. Please give me an amen to encourage me. God will, God will give you. <laughs> Number four. There's a due season. A due season when you will reap if you faint not. Be persistent. Be a gift. Not just someone who gives here and there. Just be a gift. Just be persistent at it. Just continue. Let that be your lifestyle. He's not talking about something that you try. You know, some people say, you know, I had this message that if I begin to tithe or if I begin to give, God is going to bless me. So I tried it for 30 days and nothing happened. That preacher is a liar. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you have to make it a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. An unconditional, uncompromising lifestyle that I'm just going to make this a part of my life. And then you will start seeing those things coming back to you after a while. You start seeing it. So be persistent. Everybody say be persistent. Keep at it. 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 Follow the Follow those who through faith and patience inherited a promise. Look at our own example. We'll be 18 years of pouring into this city. Non-stop. But we're not stopping. We're even increasing it. The harvest is going to show up. Like it's going to show up big time. There's going to come a time. It's going to be so big. It's going to show up in the next generation. It's going to just keep showing up. Because some precious seeds have gone into the ground. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? The key is just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. I love this passage in Ecclesiastes 11. God used this to teach me this. It's one of those things behind the flow of city light and the things that we do and all that. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1 to 7. I want us to read it together. Everybody want to? Send your grain across the seas. And in time, I would say in time, profits will flow back to you. So first of all, you send it. Your grain is, you know, something, your bread, your grain, something that is yours, that you're supposed to use, right? That is from you. So you say send it across the seas. 
across this island. When I say seas, you know, I'm talking about into the lives of people. You know, sometimes overseas, sometimes another state, sometimes another ministry, right? Sometimes another home, another family, another. Just send it across the sea in time. In time. In time. KJB says, and after many days. <laughs> KJB says, what? After many days. You will find it after what? <laughs> Not a few days. After many days. After many days, it will come back to you. Go back to NL, NLT. So, in time, it will come back to you. Verse 2. Verse 2. Pay attention. It says, divide your investment among many places. And give in many places. We're talking about kingdom investment now. For you do not know what risks my lie ahead. Wow. If you take some time to meditate on this thing, do you know that your gift can be a risk management strategy? I already told you about being merciful, being a risk management strategy. All the other aspects of giving too is a risk management strategy. You know, you know what is coming in the future that my kids are going to need something when I'm not going to be there. Then you look for other people's kids and start investing in them. Oh, it looks like, wow, in the next so, 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 and so years, these are some things that I'm going to be embarking upon. I remember when God told me that time that you're going to be traveling around the nations. So begin to house people right now. And now everywhere we go around the nations, I see things just opening up. And people, people doing stuff, just doing stuff, you know, like for us and whatever. But I remember when God spoke to me, he said, you start doing it right now. You know, there's, there's something, you know, about being very strategic. You know, I remember when God told me, he said, stand behind that man. That's Pastor Kaden. He said, stand behind that man. Help him. Do whatever. Just get lost inside of it. Yeah. You will find it after many days. You will find it. Now, I see that happening all around. I give God praise for it. Do you get what I'm saying? It's God's grace and all that. But you understand that these are spiritual principles. They are risk management stuff. If you sit down right now and you see people doing stuff and you are withholding and you are holding, there's going to come a time when people are going to withhold for you too. You know, we told. For you don't know what risk my lie ahead. Verse 3. When clouds are heavy. So that's the harvest standard they're talking about. You know, I was talking about the rain and the wind and blowing and all that. When the clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls not on south, it stays where it falls. This guy is speaking some deep spiritual principles there that, you know, the way the cloud gets heavy. In the sun, it's through evaporation, right? In other words, everything that you've been doing is evaporating into the system. It's evaporating into the system. Now, it gets to a point when the cloud becomes heavy. When that cloud becomes heavy enough, the rain just starts pouring. And people look at it and say, that person is an overnight success. Because you, you tell them, that's the longest night in history. That's 25-year night. <laughs> Amen. It's the, it, the cloud is just heavy. That's it. The cloud is just heavy. The same thing with negative seeds too. When the cloud becomes heavy, when the iniquity is full, becomes heavy to just start pouring also. So that's why you got to cut it immediately. You, you know, you, under, you cut it off before the rain starts pouring. Because when it rains, it pours. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. You see, pastor, you know, when 
I become a millionaire, I will, this life development center and this ministry, you will never have any need. I'll check your tight record <laughs> now where you are not a millionaire because you are not going to become a millionaire. This is real. Or if you become a millionaire doing whatever, you are not going to give because if you cannot give $10 out of 100 or give a thousand out of what do you call it, a hundred out of a thousand. Do you think I can give you a hundred thousand? It will become a burden on your head. A whole hundred thousand to a church. Ah. No, but if it's a practice and all that, that you are practicing, it's not going to be hard for you to do it. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. In fact, you know what usually happens is that the opportunity is gone. The impact that your seed could have made. So for, for, for somebody right now that gives a hundred dollar or gives whatever, that, you know, you know some, some people are just growing up. You know, sometimes I give to some people and the amount that I give to them is so big to them. And some they're crying. And, they, oh, oh, and they're very happy and they're doing all that. But that amount, you know, it's not really much. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, to me. The thing is that that tiny amount of seed, you understand, can mean a lot to a minister who is just praying. I remember there was a time when somebody sent $200. Someone, someone said $100, $200 to this ministry. I'll be crying. <laughs> one, you know, one time that somebody said $200 to that place when I wanted to. Uh, oh, this is great. Nah, I don't cry over $200. <laughs> when somebody said $200,000, now I will cry. <laughs> so if you want to make me cry, say $200,000. I'll send it yes to you. I'll record it. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> but are you guys getting what I'm trying to say? You know, that was the impact that it can make. It's no longer going to make that impact. The opportunity has shifted because that, 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 that ministry or whatever has gone to another level. Your time now that you are investing can be more precious than when, you know, you are just a whole one person in a multitude. Do you guys get what I'm saying? That's what he's talking about there. Please, can you pray something for me? Verse 5. Because of time, we shall, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind and the mystery of a tiny baby growing in his mother's womb, so you can't understand the activity of God who does all things. So, conclusion, verse 6. Plant your seeds in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another. Or maybe both. In other words, just make it a lifestyle. For everyone. Everywhere. Every time. Every income. Every. Just look for and just keep doing that. Because you don't know which one. Hallelujah. Come on, can I get some amen in the house? And those of you watching online, hallelujah. Number five, measure. The principle of the measure. The measure you give out is the measure you will receive. The measure with which you give out is the measure you will give. Let me explain the principle of measure to you. Remember, also, I said 
don't look at the physical amount, right? First of all, so let's start from the, the first measure is how much joy do you put into your gift? How much, how much excitement? How much drama do you put into it? Do you get what I'm saying? Now, if you are putting negative drama, every time you want to spend or give, hey, that's what you are going to receive. A lot more drama. But if you put some drama, good drama into your gifts, cheerfulness, joy, excitement, some packaging, some... Man! You are increasing the measure of that gift. You know, I remember those days, you know, we were, we were, you know, God began to teach us this thing about packaging a gift. Packaging a gift. You know, there's packaging a gift. You know, there's a way you can just come. I just want to give you this. I'm blessed. But sometimes you put some thought into it. And you package it. And you put a nice note. And you write something that encourages that person. And, and you do all that, that. You are increasing the measure of that gift. That's why giving, just when they say, it's offering time at church. And then that's when you start thinking, how much do I give? Okay, I think today Pastor Lad preached a little bit, so let me, <laughs> let me increase it. <laughs> but today, I don't, I don't think Pastor Lad was in his spirit, so offering is reduced. <laughs> no, before you come, decide. As you purposed in your heart, not grudgingly or necessity or of necessity. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. Let's read it. Let's read it. Um, Galatia, uh, sorry, First uh, Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight says, Second Corinthians nine eight. Uh, Paul was talking about measure in there. Second Corinthians nine eight, please. Thank you. Uh, so let's start from, sorry, start from six. Start from six. Start from six. He said, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Seven. Verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Heart is very important. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Do you know that I don't give to pressure? I don't give to pressure. If I begin to get pressure to do something, to do something, I just release. I don't know. Because if I give a response to pressure, I'm increasing pressure in my life. No, you guys don't get this thing. I don't give to pressure. I don't give to people who write letters. I see them on Facebook. You know, when they see you on Facebook, I say letter, Pastor. And then the person sends this one, two, three, four, several emails. My children are hungry. My da, 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 da. And if somebody does not give any pressure, you just see the person. You just see it. And the Holy Spirit says, help that person. Don't give in response to pressure. 
That's why we don't pressure people in this place. You see how we take our offering in city life? It's offering time. Hey, amen. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. City praise. That's why you don't write letters of pressure. For the last nine months, we have not seen your tithe. <laughs> so what? <laughs> God, God forbid. No! We put pressure on the word. Not pressure on people. You too, you put pressure on the word, not on people. If people are not your God. Don't bring to me your pressure. I'm not your God. I didn't create you. I'm not your savior. I don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 9. Verse 9 says, God, eight, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And plenty left over to share with others. You see, when you remove pressure and resistance and all these things from your finances, and you start paying your bills with joy, you start giving your gifts with joy, you start blessing people with joy, you start looking for opportunities to bless people everywhere, you get to a point where you will never lack anything. Hey, this is real. You know, we just took some money to buy some, uh, what do you call it? To buy a property. I was sharing that anchor that we took those money out out of saving to buy. But we knew that by the time we completed the transaction, the money was back. I, I couldn't, you know, the stock, you know, liquidated some stock. I went back to the stock. The stock was back to the level that it was when I liquidated the money from it. They said, yeah, that's the way it was. And it is not your church money. Amen. Right, Pastor Omo. Pastor Olu, right? Okay, so. So people are saying, hey, is it, you know, all the offering? No, it doesn't work like that in City Light. If I steal, then there's a curse that comes into my life, into my world. That's what the Bible says. So we don't do that. And apart from that, it's not just one person that does that. There are many eyes that look at our finances, okay? So for you guys to get it clear. But what I'm telling you is that these things, this thing works. Everybody say, this thing works. It just keeps on flowing, if you remove the resistance, that's the key thing. Remove all these things. <sighs> I wonder what is that. <sighs> Look at that person. <sighs> Look at the car that they are driving. <sighs> you know, is that like is that Christian? <sighs> I can't. I can't. Preach. I'll be driving a Rolls Royce. What's your own? What is your own? Let God deal with him. Shut your mouth. Okay. Because the car that you are driving, there's somebody else who is looking at the car that you are driving. And the person is saying that you are living extravagantly. And the house you are living in to somebody else is extravagant. So just keep your mouth shut and just focus on your stuff. Can I get an amen in the house? So I'm sharing you last message, 20, last Sunday message, 2020. So measure includes the, what you put into it. It includes the frequency if you are writing, write this that consecutive giving brings consecutive receiving. You know, some people, they will give during the crossover service. <laughs> the, the next time they are giving this another crossover service, they will be receiving crossover blessings. <laughs> like every year, at least one blessing will come that is different from their salary. One. <laughs> but you know the difference with some people? They just 
keep pouring it out. Do you get what I'm saying? Consecutively. So if they do weekly, after a while it starts coming weekly, after a while, monthly. The, you, know, you know, what you are letting out begins to flow. Consecutive giving is part of how you increase the measure. And then the last one is quantity. Everybody say quantity. Quantity matters, especially when you put, when you put, uh, what do you call it to it? Quantity, quality emotions to it. Quantity does matter. The amount that you give also matters when you put quality emotions to it. So sometimes, you know, God will tell you, give $10,000. You have it. Just give that out to bless somebody. It's because he wants to take you to a new level. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, give it 100000 You're at that level because he wants to push you to a new level. So sometimes, so, so quantity matters. So, but the measure, the measure at which you give out. And listen, and this doesn't work only in the realm of money. I'm just using money as an example. It works in every other realm. Encouragement, gratitude. What frequency are you pouring it out? What, you know, quality? What, do you get what I'm saying? What quantity? Just keep pouring out. Just keep pouring out. God, before you know it, it's following you everywhere. Number six. Give me a few more minutes. I'll finish. Number six. People don't need to know or see physically what you do for them for it to register in the system. People don't need to know or see physically what you are doing for them for it to register in the system. You see, yesterday I was talking at the appreciation. You know, I made that statement uh, that, okay, I wanted to give some appreciation. You know, what I know those people are not here and all that. But I know they will get it because you know the system is so connected that if the same way, if you do negative, do you get what I'm saying? And you think people don't know, you are doing it, nobody's there. Like you are talking about people in your bedroom or you are doing whatever, the system catches it. And then you will see that when you are with people, you're always smiling. Oh, how was up? Oh, you know, that's so good. Just because people don't just don't move near you. The people just don't like you. Even when you are doing good. I know they just don't like that's what you keep meeting. Because while you are doing that, when they are there on the surface, when you are alone, what you are thinking about them in your thoughts and all that is totally different. That's what you keep reaping. And you keep wondering, how come people don't like and you know, how come I do all this? No, what you are truly doing is the one that you are doing when nobody can see it. You know, I love that scripture. Is it Ecclesiastes 11 11 or something like that? Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes 10, 20. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 20. Look at this. This, this is very, he says, Never make light of the king, even in your thoughts. And don't make fun of the powerful, even in your own bedroom. For a little, little bird might deliver your message tell them what you said. In your thoughts, there are little birdies that take what we let out and broadcast them. And so you keep meeting them everywhere. So the key is that whether you are alone or in your thoughts, have a bountiful eye. Have a generous eye towards people, not just when you are with them. Never, ever get together and be talking about somebody. It doesn't matter whether the person is your friend, your family member, your brother or your sister. You are talking about them and the person is not there. No, you are sending something out that keeps you locked up where you are. In lack and all that. No! I would never do that. 
rather I'll sit with you, I'll talk about you, I will think about you, I will deal with my mind to talk about you and think about you and to talk about you and to talk what's good, what's great, what's awesome. Amen. Because that's what you are letting out. And by those little birds, they live in your home. So, so people don't have to be there. Some of the most powerful gifts are anonymous gifts. Some of the most powerful gifts are what? Anonymous gifts. Number eight, right? Or number what? Seven. I'm going to ten. You must be a good receiver as well as a good as a giver. You must be a good river. A lot of people miss in this area when it comes to generosity. They're not good receivers. Oh, oh, you know, somebody wants to do something for them. Oh, no, 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 ah, no, no, ah, that's too much trouble. No, oh, no, 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 ah, ah, no, I don't. Ah. It means that you are not doing it. You see, when you become a giver, you understand, you become a good receiver. Because you just see that, that's just an, that's a harvest of something that I did some time ago or whatever. If somebody comes to meet me right now, do you get what I'm saying? I say, Pastor, I have this, uh, Pastor, I want to give you $10,000. I remember when, one, when a, a woman, there was a particular woman who brought some gifts, you know, divorced and all that, brought some gifts. I know it was very good, just brought it for the ministry there. You know, something like that, just like, ha, ah, whatever. But the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. You must take that thing and bless that person because it's that person's gift. Now, years later, I look at that person's life. Not, not number one, the person right now is uh, in a relationship, about to be married. You know, God bless the person just in different ways and all that. You never receive, refuse people's gift except that, except that person, you know, that person is doing it in the wrong heart. You get what I'm saying? With the wrong heart. But when the person is, you know, like somebody just doing it or trying to purchase something or trying to con- control you or whatever. No. Like Peter told, uh, is it Simon the Sorcerer? Your gift, you know, you and your gift, you perish together. For your heart is not right. But when talking about when people's hearts are right and they are giving things sacrificially, make sure you honor that gift. Somebody says, I want to take you somewhere or I want to do whatever. I say, ah, you know, the trouble and basically it's selfishness. You are thinking about yourself and the way you will feel. But if you are a giver, normally you will take it. This was what, this was what happened. You know, see, who has a bountiful eye here and who has... Uh, what they call it, an evil eye among these people in this uh, situation. Matthew 26 from 7. Matthew chapter 26 from 7. Let's look at the situation that took place. Matthew 26 from 7. It said, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. You see, it's a lie. Judas was one of them. What a waste. Look at it. He said, we can't give this to the poor. Verse 9, look at it. Verse 9. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. You see, this kind of feeling, this kind of thing I'm talking about, sometimes masquerades as good work. Masquerades as good work. Ah, you know, that, you know, couldn't we have, uh, you know, taken that one and you know, did, you know, did this and did whatever. I know it sounds very whatever. You know, why, 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 you know, why, you know, why, why the waste? Why? No, 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 no. You need to learn something. You see, when you look at Jesus, when people came to him, 
he received. He will receive it. And they will be blessed. Whether it's a widow, whether it is a, a what do you call it? It is a, a, you know, the person that gave them the house, you know, the upper room that they used, or the donkey that they rode on. Or, do, you get, do you guys get what I'm saying? You must be a good receiver. Jesus, aware of this reply, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? Why are you criticizing her for doing that? Always be a good receiver. Do you get what I'm saying? When you bring something to me, anything to me, and I will say, you bring it out of a good heart. We're going to bless you for it and take it and bless you for it. It doesn't matter the quantity, the quality, and all that. You must be a good receiver because whenever you stop people from giving, you're stopping them from what's sowing. You are stopping their harvest. So, somebody say, I, I will receive. Say, I will receive. I'll be a good receiver. Just say, oh, God bless you. Oh, thank God. And thank you. May God bless you. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Glory to God. God bless you. Glory to God. God bless you. And get the, get the circulation the circulation going. Get the circulation going quickly. My time is almost. Um, number nine. Number, number, number eight. Giving is the beginning of a process. Got to rush now. Giving is the beginning of a process. Receiving is an end. Giving is the beginning of a process. Receiving is an end. <laughs> so basically, if you are receiving and not giving, <laughs> let, me, let me take some time to recreate. To re- How many of you have asked this question before? And you'll be like, but these people are not really givers, but they are so blessed. You see, this principle can never be violated. So, so the way this thing works is like, um, I'm not being on a, on a plane when the, um, on the wrong way, when there are several planes that I need to take off, right? Right? You know the way it works on the plane. I wish I could illustrate it to you guys. So there's plane number one, plane number two, plane number three on the wrong way. So the way, the way it works is that the planes that are taking off right now, do you get what I'm saying? In people's lives, like the ones that are taking off in people's lives, like what's happening to them right now, those things have been launched earlier. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes it is their parents. Sometimes, do you get what I'm saying? They are enjoying it. They are enjoying it. And then so this one takes off. And then the next one takes off. And then the next one takes off. And they're, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. And then the next one takes off. The next one takes off. If they stop launching, are you listening? If they stop launching, you're going to get to a point in life when there's no takeoff anymore. When the parent's mercy has expired. And when something has expired, they'll not be like, ah, whatever happened to this person used to be whatever. No, the key is keep launching. Keep launching. What you are enjoying right now is what has come from the past. It's just like prayer. You know, some of the prayers that we're praying right now is for the future. The ones you're enjoying right now, the ones you have prayed in the past. But you must keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. So that you know what happened? A plane is always taking off. 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 And then even after you have left this world, some planes are still taking off concerning your children. But your children must continue to sow too. 
yet your planes stopped taking off because you stopped launching. Number nine. Oh, no, sorry. Let me give you the scripture for that. Acts 10, 35 says, Acts 10, 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, you see, Jesus said, he said, in every niche, no, 10, 30, uh, 20, 35, sorry, 20, 35, 10, 20, 35, Acts 20, 35, said, and, we, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Have you taken time to see why is it more blessed to give than to receive? The reason why it's more blessed to give than to receive is because when you are giving, you are starting a process that will go on into the future. When you are receiving, you are ending a process. When you are giving, you are starting a process. When you are receiving, you are ending a process that started in the past. So it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when you are giving also, it's more blessed because that's when you are throwing something out. When you are receiving, it's bouncing at you. But when you are giving, you are bouncing something out that is going to rebounce later. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. We're almost there. Last Sunday of the month. Last message. Sunday message. Number nine. Some seeds take longer to bring returns. Others are very quick. For example, when I smiled, let go. You see, you smile back. Easy. If you want to reap a harvest very fast, just be smiling at people everywhere you go. <laughs> you see people smiling back at you. Quick harvest. But there are some. Also, a soft answer turns away wrath. That's instant. Somebody's angry at you. Oh, and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. Suddenly, young girl just disappear. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. When I truly mean it. Uh, uh, instant. <laughs> But there are some, it takes time. Like I was saying, it takes time. It takes time. You have to continue. You have to just continue doing it. And then you start saying it. Come Number 10, finally. When you give, this is so powerful. You know the reason why it works? When you give, what you give is taught for you. It is not a loss. <laughs> But a transfer that will cycle back. So I'm involved in investment, right? You know, we invest. We invest in stock, we invest in this, you know, just different things. But one thing I've discovered is that the greatest investments that we have are not the investments stored in physical vehicles, they are investments stored in spiritual vehicles. Sometimes you are not able to withdraw money from your bank account. Sometimes you are not able to withdraw money quickly from your investment. But in, from this spiritual world, anywhere you are in the world, in any situation, regarding any kind of need, you can make a withdrawal from it to meet it. So, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know sometimes when you give like that, you, you, <laughs> you're like, wow. You know, I remember, you know, you know, something happened this, you know, this Sunday. You notice that that chain is gone. I mean, this last week, that chain is gone there from that door. And there's a new lock there. Uh, all the doors of the church, you know, we changed everything. So we came into church on Tuesday or so and we couldn't enter because that door could not open again. And we were supposed to start a meeting. So we sat outside. All of us, David, Pastor, we sat outside in the car. We tried everything. So we had to call a locksmith to come in. And... Uh, 
do it. So, to so come and open. So, first of all, the, you know, we tried this one, this one. A locksmith came, tried, couldn't open. So, he said, they have to bring, you know, bring down, whatever. So, we did it anyway. So, we, we were able to get him. And then we were going. The guy was, I mean, people were telling us. People that were saying, how come you only have one entrance into your church? They were laughing at us. We have other entrances, but you can't come in from outside. You can only go in from outside, from inside. Say, can you have only one entrance? Two people, remember two people came laughing at us. I was like, okay. I mean, even if you guys want to, this guy said, even if you guys want to create, create a, a skywalk or whatever, that you can jump in, create something. So this guy that came in, so started, so he's like, you know, they wanted to fix um, one of the doors and gave an amount. Apart from what we are praying to come, he gave an amount. So I'll do it for 300 and something to put him out. So the guy was so like so while we were talking, some things happened. I, I had to speak to the guy, taught him something, you know, which helps his you know his own life. Like I came to give thanks to God for. Let's say you know what it's, it's the end of 20, 2020. You've always wanted to do this thing, do this thing today. But you know what? It was going to cost us you know thirteen hundred and something to do all those things at that moment. But the Spirit of God said, do this thing. So. We did it, but I did it using the same principle of appreciation. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the same principle of appreciation. So, Lord, I thank you. First of all, this guy is a Jewish guy. So I looked at that. So it's a Jewish guy. So I'm blessing a child of Abraham. That's one. <laughs> number two, <laughs> number two, this guy is trying to start a company, right? While well, we are actually investing in him starting a company. Because he came for a company, right? But he's trying to do it. So we're investing in him starting a company. So I started counting everything. Do you know that after doing it, some days after, somebody sent a $2,000 gift to the church. Yesterday. Do, do, do you guys get what I'm saying? Just stop all the struggling about money going or gifts going out of your life, you don't lose it. You don't lose it. Please show me the scripture. You guys need to know that you have an account. You, got, you guys need to please, please. Um, he said, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. KJV says, KJV, KJV, KJV says, uh, in, this, in that place, and KJV says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. The word used there in his hand is an accounting word. To your account. To your logos. To your account. Verse, verse 18. Verse 18. But I have all. And I abound. I'm full. Having received of Epaphroditus the gifts, the things which you sent, which was sent from you. That's a church. A church sent it to Paul. He said, an order of a sweet smell is sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. So, see the spiritual thing that came from the gifts that they were giving. Look at verse 19. We all quote it. But my God! My God! The same grace and anointing that is flowing in my life. The same God that, took, that takes care of me as I do this missionary stuff everywhere will supply all your need. Not according to your bank account, not according to your job, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
There is a heavenly account. Give me the second and last scriptures and we can stand up and read this one together. Jesus was teaching. Talks about purses. You see, there are different purses or accounts that you can have. Please give me that, that look scripture. Let's stand up on our feet and read this together. What kind of purse are you carrying? Let's put it at NLC. NLT. What kind of purse are you carrying? What kind of investment account are you carrying? Are you just carrying your bank account? Sometimes money might not be in your bank account, but it's money in your heavenly account. Amen? That you can withdraw. Sell your possessions. Give to those in need. This will stir up treasures for you in the heavenly plane and the purses of heaven. Ah! You need to write a book on the purses of heaven. The purses, or preach a message on it. The purses of heaven. The purses of heaven never get hold. They never develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. And no moth can destroy it. Like guys, there are purses from heaven. Purses of heaven. You can live with purses of heaven. That purses of heaven, you don't need to carry it physically. But it goes with you everywhere you go. It doesn't matter the nation you have. It doesn't matter the location you have. It doesn't matter anywhere or the situation. The purses don't grow old. The purses are always full. You can always withdraw from them. But the way you fill those purses is by you developing a life of generosity. This is my last message, my last Sunday message for you in 2020. Step into generosity. Step into open heaven. Step into a life of abundance. Step into a life of plenty. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voices and keep praise to God. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.